In September 2015, as part of the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing initiative, Claudia Gray, a name that would soon be synonymous with Star Wars, wrote her first Star Wars YA novel to much celebration and praise from the fandom. That book is, of course, Lost Stars. Welcome to Canon Catch-Up. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, today is another episode of Canon Catch-Up and we will be talking about Lost Stars. Uh, and uh, I'm your host today, Dan, a.k.a. Vader's Castle Library. And today I'm joined by Chris, a.k.a. SW Book Collector. How are you doing, Chris? I am good. This book is a banger. I am ready to talk about Lost Stars. Great. And we are also joined by Morgan, a.k.a. Not a Force User. How are you doing, Morgan? I am wonderful. So excited to be back talking with both of you again. Great. Happy to have you back. So just to give listeners a bit of context before we jump into chatting about Lost Stars, uh, Lost Stars was released on September the 4th, 2015. This was the, I believe, the first of the Journey to the Force Awakens uh, line of publishing. Um, It was, of course, written by... uh, not at the time Star Wars legend, but who would become Star Wars legend Claudia Gray. Uh, And it sees Thane, Kyrell, and Sienna Sienna. Ree, who are childhood friends who uh, end up on the other side of the Galactic Civil War, yet also end up falling in love. Uh, So we will get started. First and foremost, this is a, a romance novel it's a ya novel it's also a romance novel uh morgan i'll start with you are you a fan of roman romance in star wars and does this novel work for you as a love story i am a fan of romance in star wars i feel like it's one of those dynamic things that kind of gives more depth and more um reality to a story this works as a romance for me um it's a star-crossed romance, obviously. The, the Star Wars star-crossed romance. Um, I don't know. The It feels well enough developed. Um, and you have those, like, normal tropey moments that you expect in a YA. But there are also some things that are kind of different and, and slightly unique to this one, so... I feel like that was the best non-answer I could give to that question. <laughs> and what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is probably the favourite canon book of most people. Like, if we did a big-ass poll, I'm sure this would be number one. Um, so I'm a little bit, like, surprised that Morgan was just shitting on it, but over the odds, I To be fair, I do not dislike the book. There are just some elements of it that I'm like... They don't entirely work for me, but that's just personal. Mm. Interesting. I will come I, back. I, I am interested to yeah. hear that. Dig into that in a, in a bit. I mean, put it on Front Street. It's Ray and Juliet, isn't it? Yeah. Without without the death, without the murder part at the end. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. It's it's got like an analogy for the murder part at the end. Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It's Claudia Gray's version of Romeo and Juliet slash West Side Story slash uh, I'm trying to think of other star-crossed lovers stories. Um, I, I won't bury the lead. I love this book. I think it might be my second favourite Star Wars book. Uh, but it it was also, I think, maybe the third or fourth Star Wars book I read, period. So I think 
naturally that sort of early, you know, reading it for the first time might have raised my opinions of it slightly, but I do absolutely adore this book. I do like a bit of romance in Star Wars. Uh, Han Solo and Leia in the original trilogy was like, as a kid, that was like my first <laughs> romance on the screen that I and saw. Still the best romance in Star Wars. And still my favourite one, yeah. Yeah. Um, Morgan, you, you you look like you disagree with that one. <laughs> if you say Anakin and Padme, I'm, I'm turning off the call. <laughs> no, no, I was like... No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just thinking of Crash of Fate, which is my personal favorite romance in Star Wars. So, is Izzy Garcia for the win? I love that yes. character and the guy. I can't remember his name. Jules. Generic white guy. Jules. Jules. That was it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this this does work really well for me uh, as a, as a love story. I guess. Um, I guess for me, the way I judge whether I like a love story or not is whether I actually want the two people to end up oh, getting together. And I feel like I spent a lot of this book shouting at it, being like, Thane and Sienna, why aren't they getting together? Uh, so when they yeah. did, I was yeah. like, yay, that's great. And then when they're separated by the Galactic Civil War and being on opposite ends of the war, I was like, no, why can't they just be happy? So in that I mean, sense... Yeah. It did work for me. It's, it's it is it's it's part of the tropes. It's like the ultimate YA book, but I feel like it knows it is, and it leans into that. And it's yeah. like it's got its tongue in its cheek in parts. The fact that all the characters are just just left of the screen for all three movies, for all major <laughs> yeah. events. Like yeah, yeah. there is a suspension of disbelief there, but it it works. The characters are great. You know what I mean. The love story is really good. And Sienna Ree is a wicked character as well. I mean, yes. Thane's great, but Sienna Ree in, in particular is is wicked. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, if you don't mind me asking, can I dig in a little bit on some of the stuff that doesn't work for you with, within this? Uh, we're a part of some evil regime. And this is very much empathetic to that. And I know that like there are points in it, like where you, you know that they're intentionally creating... And it's a very intentional. Like, Don't get me wrong. It's, it's the brief of the book that's bothering me, not the actual content of the book. Like, Claudia Gray. Imagine being Claudia Gray, and this is your first Star Wars book. Like, how do you top this? <laughs> like, I, I don't know that you do. It's the most well-written Star Wars book. No, I'm 100% with that. Um, it's just, there are parts of it that sit very strange with me, especially the parts where we're glorifying the Empire. It's it's the same kind of thing where I don't like to read a book where someone who's just a soldier in the Nazi army is talking about how they're just a soldier in the Nazi army. To be fair, though, I don't think they do glorify the Empire. I mean, because you see, I mean, for that, I think that Thane is our avatar, if you know what I mean. And we yeah. see his disillusionment when he realizes. And I, th- I feel like it, they Claudia makes it clear that Sienna is delusional about what the empire is right. yeah there's even a point where she like recognizes like oh yeah no the empire is actually a terrible evil thing but i'm already this deep i might as well keep going um <laughs> that's, that's, yeah that's like... where i got annoyed at her <laughs> yeah because i don't know anything else because there's that other there's that guy isn't there? it's like their friend mm-hmm. and then he's from alderaan is he the guy who dies when the death star blows up and he was on he was actually on the death star yeah am i right Yes, I think I think so. But he's he's he see he watches. There's an amazing scene in the book where they blow up Alderaan, and Sienna's one of the people in the room with the switches, isn't she? Um, yes, and he sees yeah. it, and 
like he was pro empire so seeing that like an empire an old Iranian empire officer seeing that yeah. perspective was was awesome yeah i'm just trying to remember yeah, seeing him name. just like crumble yeah i can't remember his name right well just to sort of lean into that a little bit further um how did you both feel about thane and sienna's relationship uh and their individual uh stories within the rebellion slash the empire um i'll start with you morgan yeah um so i mean like we said before their relationship very tropey um you do root for them the whole time which is the sign of a good relationship in a book um even if you're like you know what there might be someone better for either of you but like <laughs> yes you keep on keeping on um but their individual journeys throughout this book i think are some of the coolest things because neither of them are totally thoroughly ideologically committed to their causes um they're there because this is how either they were brought up or this is the only opportunity or the only alternative that is presented to them in a list of really crappy options um yeah which i think is really really interesting because most of the viewpoints we see are the people that are more ideologically committed i mean yes like obviously sienna is like very committed to the idea of order um, and that's that's the thing that she buys into a lot with the empire, but most of it isn't that. It's it's just that this is this is what you do, so I'm doing it. And with mm-hmm. Thane, it's a well, this thing is bad, and this is the only thing that's co- or like going against that. Um, so I have to do that, and I think that's just so compelling yeah. that they're not like these big heroes, and they're not these like dogmatically devoted people that are just doing it because they they thoroughly believe in it they're just regular people and that's yeah. great yeah. it's 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 not Luke Skywalker is it it's not race like no. no you know no even though there's similarities between those two characters with our heroes of this book sorry to invert quotes you can't hear that um that they're, they're not those people and i think that is what the appeal of this book is to a lot of people it's and then we also got a really good look in the empire as well like we saw the training academies uh, and things like that which we haven't really seen i think the only other time we've really seen that in canon is the incredible Ser- thrawn uh, th- oh yeah thrawn but the incredible thrawn. even yeah. more incredible servants of the empire series yeah um and i always find that kind of stuff fascinating um and get, yeah. getting a look behind the curtain there was really really cool the the, the, Re- the rebellion storyline felt classic star wars like it felt like you know luke and biggs and wedge in their like orange jumpsuits and uh you know like a rose squadron <laughs> book almost it felt very classic ot star wars and i i'll, I'll always enjoy that till the end of time mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. i mean so it was good yeah yeah and their relationship was was popping yeah i think um i really agree with what you said morgan about how their sort of not fully committed to the cause like i particularly thought when thane sort of defected to the empire to the rebellion um he did sort of just have that moment of like they'll do yeah (laughs) because because they're not those big horrible people who are blowing up planets and enslaving people so i'm gonna go work for the other guy and it wasn't it really was that sort of yeah, I'll just do this because it's the only option I have, which I thought was an interesting angle to see. Kind of like Lando. On a rebel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and seeing that, like even even right at the beginning of the book when they're kids, 
and you have that moment where they bump into Grand Moff Tarkin and he's sort of like, you think that he's going to shout at them because they're snooping around the ship, but he just uses it as an opportunity to indoctrinate them into the, his, yeah. you know, into the Empire. And I think that moments like that, I found really interested in just like better understanding what like the day-to-day world of like living under the Empire is like in Star Wars. And I think that was both their sort of roles within the story like them going to like the imperial graduation prom yeah (laughs) which which is like your congratulations you're a fascist now prom but then we're reading it which maybe morgan is i i can sort of start to connect with maybe where you have the problem with it but it's seeing it through the angle of like yeah this is what like the people with the empire sees as their like graduation day and it's like all happy because Sienna's wearing a nice dress <laughs> Thane looks handsome <laughs> oh really nice dress uh that was like for me her like hashtag not like other girls YA moment um where she's like oh I don't need a dress I'm just gonna wear my like dress uniform and his her roommate's just like no you you need a dress like let me just give you a dress and she's like no I, I don't need a dress I guess you can rent one for me. And then she like walks in and they're like, Oh my God, she's so stunning. It's, it's the quintessential YA moment of like, Oh, she really was beautiful the whole time. It's the old ball. Really you read Harry me. Potter. <laughs> yeah. 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 It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean there. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do thoroughly enjoy their relationship in this. Like the, is it is it when they go back to Jellican for the for the first time uh after having both defected or, or as in gone their separate ways? Is that when they go back the first time or do they go she back? She goes to... searching for him. She yes, yeah. She goes yeah. searching for him and after then he's they, defected. They meet up in is it like their little cave? Yeah, I love that. Really yeah. When they were kids. Yeah, I mean, like that moment. Yeah, as yeah. we said, tropey, but I think Claudia Gray is definitely leading into it. But that moment was yes. like quite a satisfying, yay, they're all going to be happy now. And obviously they're not. Uh, so in that sense, that kind of will they, won't they, YA relationshipy stuff did work for me. And I think uh, in the hands of a lesser writer, I think it wouldn't have worked. But just because Claudia Gray writes characters so well, she writes dialogue so well, I think those moments did really, really stick for me. The amount of times I've heard people say, I'm not usually into YA or I don't usually like romance, but Lost Stars is amazing. Like, I've heard that so many times. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's not just that. It's not just that, There's so much more to it. This is, like, the most sprawling book, it feels like. It goes from the beginning. I mean, they are born with the Empire. Is that not what they said? Like yes. you guys were yeah. born when the Empire came into existence, so it's spanning that entire time all the way up to. And this is our first introduction to the Battle of Jakku. Yeah, they're, they're the same yeah. age as Luke and Leia, aren't That's they? Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is a, a really interesting angle to but see. But seeing how, like, I mean, it's not just sprawling in its time; it's sprawling in its content as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's so many little subplots and um, different things. Like, I remember the when they, when they're at the academy and all the stuff that's going on there has like, like again, like I said before, almost like Harry Potter vibes of them just 
get into scrapes with school and someone sabotaged them and there's a bit of a mystery yes and, yeah, um, yeah and i i, I love that kind of story it's the school that sabotaged them it's the school yeah. <laughs> the school was evil it was the evil along. empire yeah exactly <laughs> wow weird which is also the empire school is bad yeah that's also bad in service of the empire as well isn't it you know you haven't read it have you sorry yeah <laughs> well i just I, I was just gonna say it's that sort of um the, the moment that kind of just reminded you halfway through, oh yeah, this school that they are that they're at is the It's Empire. literally Nazi school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claudia Gray yeah, does yeah. does quite a good job at sort of like frequently trying to remind you that like this isn't Hogwarts, <laughs> this is Nazi school. So <laughs> I don't remember that episode of Monster High. <laughs> <laughs> um well sort of a, uh, this this book, as we were talking about it being quite sprawling, um this this book um, I've just laughed at myself because my notes I put this film tracks a lot. No, it doesn't. This book tracks a lot. Uh, this book tracks a lot of the famous people and events of the original trilogy um, throughout it. Did you enjoy the way that it was sort of weaving in different elements of the original trilogy? And did you have any particular highlights or moments that you really liked? Morgan, I'll start with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime somebody asks, like, what's the first Star Wars book I should read? I tell them this one. Um, because there's so many points of familiarity where even if you're more casual of a fan and you're a movies only fan, yeah. um, the way that it touches on those big players, that's like, oh, I remember that. Or, oh, I remember this happening. Um, it's just fantastic. And that that weaving, it's, it's very masterfully done. I'm trying to think of which one was my favorite. I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite in terms of where it tied in. I did like when you said earlier on, like just that first appearance of Grand Moff Tarkin and like the the setup of like, oh, this is what's this is what this is going to be. We're going to occasionally see these big, big names in Star Wars. Actually, I think my favorite thing is when um, they're on Hoth and when Thane's on Hoth and they say something about like, or no, it's afterwards. They say something about Han Solo and he's like, who's that? I don't, yeah. I don't know who Han Solo is. And they're like, oh, like, oh, never mind. You guys weren't there together at the same time. Like, that's, you came in after he left. <laughs> he was frozen in carbonate for a while. That was my favorite, like, throwaway <laughs> little line there. That, that's where it was. <laughs> and what about you, Chris? I mean, I already mentioned the part where they blow up the death, blow up Alderaan. Yeah. <clears throat> that bit was really, really good. Um, and then when the Death Star blows up as well, and the fallout from that, yeah, and how that kind of the the terrorism argument of the Death Star being blown up kind of fuels Sienna, doesn't it? It fuels yeah. her resolve that the Empire is the right path. Um, that was quite good. It was quite that was quite clever because we've seen that done before, haven't we? With um, Inferno Squads, mm-hmm. Iden Versio was a similar kind of story there. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Even so, like if you ever looked at the the galactic map, have you ever seen the Star Wars galactic map? Yeah, it's like a big book. I'm to hold my hands up. It's a big book. It's like <laughs> three quarters of like half a meter, right? Um, and you open up and it's got like a pictures of like Scarif and like notable things that happened there and Mortis and all that. But the Death Star one um, actually names Sienna Ree as one of the pilots. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool because it's like the only book reference in that entire thing. Um, so that was really nice. Like that's obviously it's transcended a lot of the other books in that way, yeah. with the exception of maybe Aftermath, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. seems to be the only book anyone's read. Um, 
but Dave no, yes, Floney, basically, is what you're saying. Dave Floney. and then but even JJ Abrams was Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The clearly right aftermath, and that was it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's wonderful, um, and all those moments are they're like um, lighthouses, lighthouses or flagpole flagpoles, you know, that kind of like the the story kind of weaves around, mm-hmm. um, and it, it works really really well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I I loved the way this book weaved in and out of the events that we know, and I I do think that for me, it, it being one of one of my first Star Wars books, I think I read the Aftermath trilogy and then Lost Stars. So it being very be- at the very beginning of my Star Wars book journey, felt it wasn't overwhelming. I was like, right, I know this. This is the original trilogy. I know where we are. So it was a good lighthouse. It was a good flagpole for me in guiding me for it. So I think that is the reason why you know, all Star Wars bookish people are like, read Lost Stars. It's an easy read. Um, I think in terms of some of my favorite moments, I think, ev- like, as you said, everything with Alderaan and the Death Star was amazing. Um, and as you said, the whole angle of, like, the Empire being like, these are terrorists who killed a million people versus the Rebellion who are like, yes, we just blew up a, a planet-killing weapon. I think it was a nice sort of juxtaposition. But the moment I particularly loved was afterwards where Sienna, Chris, am I saying her name right? Sienna, yeah. Sienna is like, it's her ship that goes and rescues Darth Vader after he's gone sort of spiraling off. And there's that moment where Sienna's on the Star Destroyer and she's just like terrified of being in Vader's presence. Um, and then there's the moment a bit later on where um, is is she responsible for not catching up with the Millennium Falcon. She thinks she's responsible for not catching up with a Falcon during the asteroid field chase. And yes. she's like, Vader's going to kill me, Vader's going to kill me, Vader's going to kill me. And he just sort of like storms off. Or is it the Cloud City bit? It's one of the Empire Strikes Back, Rebels escaping As far moments. as I remember, it was the asteroid belt bit, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And that moment of her being like, oh no, Vader's going to kill me, Vader's going to kill me. It was like such a seeing just the normal person dealing with Darth Vader's wrath as opposed to like, you know, the Luke or the Han, I thought was was a really interesting angle to take. So so that was a moment that I, I really, really liked in that. Um just sort of before we sort of start to wrap up our final thoughts, one of the one of the other elements of this this book is the whole the start of the journey to Force Awakens sort of line of publishing and how this sort of teases itself as a as a book that will start laying the seeds for the force awakens and this book did come out three months before force awakens came out in the cinema um i don't know did either of you read this before force awakens came out no i didn't know neither did i okay that's cool um but how do we how do we feel do you think we were sold a lie on the journey to the force awakens tag at the top of this book no, absolutely not. I think we were with aftermath because by the time you actually got to the bit that's relevant to the Force Awakens, the Force Awakens had been out for about two years by that point because <laughs> that yeah. stuff didn't really happen until the third book. Until the third um, book, yeah. But in Lost Stars, it absolutely makes sense. You see the Battle of Jakku for the first time. Mm-hmm. Again, yep. everyone remembers aftermath, but this was this was the first time you saw it. So when you went into the Force Awakens, you had the context, yeah, for what for what Jakku was and why those Star Destroyers were there. Um, it was really good. I mean, that entire Journey to the Force Awakens like, publishing line was really good. Yeah. Um, it had obviously Lost Stars Aftermath and it had the Red and Black book. So 
Smuggler's Run, all them, and they were all really, really good. None of them really were tie-ins to The Force Awakens, but they were, you know, it was just solid storytelling. It was, it was effective in getting people excited. Yeah, I think for that movie. Yeah, well, fortunately, that's going to be our next month or two of Canon Catch-Up <laughs> episodes, so you can look forward to that. <laughs> Morgan, <laughs> what's your thoughts on that one? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, like like we said, like four or five times now, that the uh, the Battle of Jakku being really important, and it does help to fill in, um, especially if you pick up this book, um, either after you've already watched it, or um, after you've already watched some of the sequel trilogy, or if you're not really huge into the Star Wars comics or books, it fills in some of that time in between, which mm-hmm. is something that jumping, if you're just a movies only fan, you miss out a lot. Um, yeah. And this is really nice and that it, it does fill in that space really nicely. Yeah, uh, I, I, I absolutely agree. I was I was leading with a whole, well, we sold a lie. But on this one, I, I disagree. I think we weren't. I think this one does do a good job of teasing some of that Force Awakens stuff. As we said, the Battle of Jakku being sort of the key moment. But also the, the sort of nice little sort of hint moment at the end uh, where we sort of get that suggestion of what happened with the remaining imperial loyalists and that they've all sort of scattered and disappeared into the distance into the distant galaxy and maybe they'll come back one day sort of ending which sort of nicely seeds the first order and i think even to this day we haven't had that fully answered and maybe dave filoni and john Favreau no, are trying to do had... that in tv but yeah the only nice thing we've had is aftermath isn't it yeah aftermath yeah. number three and then there was a mention in phasma Mm-hmm. And and bloodline, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Well, I, I guess my my final question to to both of you is: Would is this a book that you overall thoughts on? What's your overall thoughts on the book? And is this a book that you would recommend to both your traditional Star Wars reader or a non Star Wars reader? Morgan, I can start with you. Yeah, um, if you're a traditional Star Wars reader and you haven't read this book, I (laughs) don't really know what you've been doing with your life. Um, But no, this is definitely the perfect first Star Wars book for someone, even if you're not a reader, Um, which I I think previously I said about a book that it was a good introduction um, to Star Wars reading, but you would need to have already been a reader. This one, like, you don't need to be an intense reader it's easy enough and accessible enough that anybody who is just a fan of star wars even if you are only a the original trilogy fan this mm-hmm. is accessible enough and then the one thing my my one caveat my one hang up with this is you have to read it with the understanding that there's a lot of moral and ethical stuff going on in here that you can't just take at face value there's that you have to take it with that pinch of salt. Otherwise, it feels apologetic. I know it's not. I know it's not. But I that's going to be a problem for most Star Wars fans. No, I know. Well, that's true. That is absolutely yeah, the, the true. That's true. That's true. I guess I'm coming from an entirely different side of the book community and yeah. books in general right now. Like, oh, I don't know about that. But, yeah. I think I think it's a I think it's a fair caveat to give, and I think I imagine it's probably one that Claudia Gray's probably aware of and probably oh, wrestled yeah. with when she was writing it as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and I definitely think, as I've already said, this story in the hands of a lesser writer, both in the sense of the 
the YA romance element, but also in in the sense that you're talking about Morgan with some of the is it apologetic to the Empire elements? I think could have been dealt with a lot worse had it not been <laughs> Claudia Gray writing. Yeah, that. absolutely. <clears throat> Chris, what about you? This is the perfect book, isn't it, to start reading Star Wars? Like, F, F, like it's well known as that, and it, for, rightfully so, because it's the, the character. You don't need to have any any other knowledge of Star Wars other than movies. The two central characters in this are only in this book, so you don't even need to read anything afterwards. So if you just want a one and done, yeah, this is the perfect book for it. Um, plus, you know, like we said, those flagpole tent houses, whatever we said, lighthouses, <laughs> um, they will really like keep your sort of inner timelines ordered as to yeah. what's going on. So you won't even really have to worry about it or think about it. You can just enjoy the story of two characters um, and their kind of like ill-fated love story. Um, it's <laughs> it's really good. Uh, five stars, recommend, 10 out of 10. Chris, would two you say that up. those uh, lighthouse moments are kind of like Starlight Beacon? There we go. There's the Harbour Republic mention. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was trying to find that that spot to fit one So in if there. you're playing the Star Wars Book Community Podcast drinking game, take your shot. <laughs> There's our High Republic mention. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I echo what both of you have said there. Um, I, said, I said at the top, this is my second favourite Star Wars book, and it is for good reason. Uh, I love this book. I was actually really sad that I didn't have time to reread it before doing this podcast, just because I've... My, to read less was so big and I was reading so many other things I just didn't have time uh and there's no audiobook which is a crime why is there no audiobook is there, there is, is. There? there's not in the UK oh it's not in the UK oh, right I'm sorry. okay uh yeah I was looking for an audible suck. and it, yeah it, anyway uh come on Disney sort that out um so yeah I didn't have time to reread it it's definitely a book that I'm going to reread soon just talking about it with you both made me want to reread it but it is no, the it's funny, perfect book to just give to anyone who wants to read star wars sorry chris yeah no no sorry you i interrupted you um so you said it's your second favorite star wars book i don't even think it's my second favorite claudia gray book as amazing as it is <gasps> i don't even think it is but claudia gray's written so much good so yeah, it's like true. really yeah. hard like bloodline yeah. master and apprentice bloodline and layer i think are my top two yeah so she's written gray's so awesome. many amazing ones yeah yeah, 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 and then obviously into the dark hand, the fallen star are both incredible. Yeah, yeah, there you go, more High Republic. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I do find myself regularly speaking to my friends who are big film, TV, Star Wars fans who haven't picked up the books yet. I'm like, just pick up Lost Stars, read it, and if you don't like Star Wars books after that, I can't help you. I, I regularly find myself saying that, so I do think that point stands. Um, so before we finish, just one little fun question. Uh, Morgan, do you want to see Lost Stars 2? No, I don't. I think I, li I like that it ends. Okay. I like that there's a question mark, there's an ellipses at the end. I don't like books that end with a period. I like them <laughs> to end with an ellipses. And Chris, what about you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I want Lost Stars 2. I like books that have, don't have an ellipses and a full stop. Um, no, I mean... Yes, it it has to have a point though. Like it can't just be here's the next chapter because yeah. we've had that full story that has a full arc. It would have to be something else. Mm -hmm. 
which includes these characters. So whether they'd be the main characters or whether it would be um, their child as part of the resistance uh, against the First Order, something something else. Do you know what I mean? It'd have to be something else for it to work. Um, but I believe it's the most wanted Star Wars book. Yeah. I've, I, I wonder how many times Claudia Gray's been asked at book signings, are you going to do a second Lost Stars? <laughs> um, yeah, I really understand where you're coming from Morgan I I think this book for me is really perfect and I almost don't like going back and changing a thing and adding something else if it's gonna lessen the effect of the first one but there's I just really want to see more of things no it's totally fair I, I accept that I am the weird one here uh no because i do understand that position i think i'm very muddled but i think if they announced it i would be like yes i'm excited but i'm a bit hesitant until i've read the book but i think i would have the trust in claudia gray that she would only write a sequel to this if as chris said if she had a good reason and i think maybe the fact that we haven't seen one and it's been like eight years maybe suggests that it's either not going to happen or there hasn't been the right story up until now uh, so fingers crossed the right story comes up at some point and maybe we do get to see it. Uh, but if not, Claudia Gray will hopefully just keep on writing styles forever and we'll all be happy. <laughs> Morgan, would you read, would you like A Crash of Fate 2? No. <laughs> A I like standalones. Crash. I like standalones. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I like the entire story being contained in one book. So your favourite your favorite Star Wars movies in your hope then? No, my favorite Star Wars movie is Rogue One. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually that, good. That's actually a standalone. That is a good well. standalone. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hate Andor? Now? I am consistent. What? Do you no, hate Andor now? No, no. <laughs> that's a spinoff. It's fine. Um, brilliant. Well, that was that was really really fun. Uh, I, I've been excited to chat Lost Stars uh, since we started canning catch up. So I'm glad we got the chance to to chat about it and. Thank you very much to both of you for um, a, a, a really interesting discussion there. Uh, and genuinely, Morgan, I hadn't thought about some of the elements of the book until you had mentioned it. <laughs> so it's good. It's good that Believe I... me, same. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it was really, really interesting. Um, thank you both so much. Um, where can people find you online if you want them to find you, Morgan? I'm not a force user. I'm pretty much just on Instagram and I show up here from time to time. That's it. Great. And Chris? If you listen to this, then you probably know where to find me. <laughs> They've heard enough of you. And now, they don't Chris. want to. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> if they haven't already, they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. If you've made your choice, you have to live with it. <laughs> uh, and the same probably goes for me as well. Vader's Castle Library on stuff. Uh, and here on Canon Catch-Up every week, <laughs> talking about Canon books. Uh, and we will be back next week to talk about the first of the um, Journey to the Force Awakens middle grade books, Smuggler's Run uh, by Greg Rucker. Chris is not Yes, Greg Rucker. Um, and we will continue going through all the Journey of the Force to the Force Awakens stuff until we get on to the next thing. <laughs> so... Thank are we going to do you. the Force Awakens novelization? Yes, we are. Okay, cool. And I, I actually think the way that we've timed this out so geniusly is that we're actually going to be doing the Force Awakens novelization on the 
anniversary of the Force Awakens coming out. I in think the cinema, we should do which the is a real accident as well, <laughs> and re- to compare the junior novelization to the adult one because I know the junior novelization is actually more well liked than the adult one. Oh, so interesting. It's only been a short read as well. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, Morgan, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Chris, thanks for being here as always. Bye. <laughs> and may the force be with you. Bye. Bye.